Let's talk with Trent R. Nelson here with a lovely friend of the program. She has yet to be on the program, but we've done many interviews, uh, written interviews. If anyone likes to read, you can find those at WMAY.com. We have Executive Director Laura Davis of Springfield's Helping Hands with us today, and she's here to explain a bit about what that organization does around the community. You've likely heard it in passing, perhaps in the paper, on the websites. It's a very active group, and they help homeless folks. But how, you might ask? Well, in numerous ways, and we'll get to that. Good morning, Executive Director Davis. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. It is a wonderful morning to have a wonderful morning with you. And we need to know, not me, I already know, but the audience needs to know a bit about you, Executive Director Davis. What drove you to the point that you wanted to help the homeless so vehemently and desperately. Okay. Well, my background is in uh, working with people with serious mental illness. When we lived up in Michigan, I worked at a crisis home for adults with serious mental illness. And when we moved back to Springfield, I was looking for a way to get involved with the community, um, kind of reestablish myself in Springfield. And there was an opportunity to volunteer at Helping Hands. And so I did that for a while and uh, kind of fell in love with the population and hearing their stories. And I've just kind of moved through the organization since that time. And it's given me an opportunity to meet some amazing people and hear their stories. And with every story that I hear, it drives me to want to help them more. And and, in learning about the root causes of homelessness and um, different ways for people to heal, we realize that um, housing is very much the foundation. You can't you can't have a a life of stability if you don't know where you're going to sleep at night and you don't have a place to store your belongings and a place to call home. And so that is the mission of Helping Hands. It is to house uh, the homeless of the community, no? Yes. Yep. And tell us, please, how you go about doing so with funds from the different state and federal governments and institutions. Primarily, we were known for providing emergency shelter to adult men. And as we've expanded our programs. We've moved toward a more housing-focused direction. So Helping Hands does run the emergency shelter. We provide case management that helps people navigate through the system because, as we all know, the systems are designed to be complex. They're not supposed to be easy to navigate. And it's, again, if you don't have a fixed location, it's it's difficult to make it to all of those appointments. And so our case managers really work with clients to help them get the things that they need to move toward housing. The housing that we offer is supportive housing. So we have two programs. We have rapid rehousing and permanent supportive housing. And that is a like a rental subsidy. Sometimes it's time limited. Sometimes it's indefinite. And then the wraparound supports that people need. So that case management, that access to behavioral and mental health services, to health care, and the ability to help people get an income and really just kind of start to set their own goals for themselves as they move up that hierarchy of needs. Absolutely. I think, and I speak for myself, but perhaps for a few others as well, I think that it's easy sometimes to forget that without that 
for lack of a better term, home base, it is difficult to organize the rest of our lives. Yes, absolutely. We need the structure that a safe domicile provides us with to store our belongings, to maintain cleanliness, to maintain nutrition. It's, it's all very vital, and we appreciate all the hard work that you and your staff do with Helping Hands executive director. But you guys aren't just doing things in the theoretical, in the books. You guys are doing things out in the community. Absolutely. And and tell us about the apartments on Park Avenue. So through a partnership with Park Avenue Residences, um, we are able to offer a supportive housing community. So this is three buildings. There's 22 units, plus a manager's unit and a community room. And at this facility will be able to house people who are considered chronically homeless. So they've been um, homeless for a year or more. They have a qualifying disability. Um, Historically, they've been known as the hardest to house. And this brings everybody together in a place where they can um, create a healthy, safe community. So building friendships, having support groups, really learning what it's like to um, maintain an apartment um, and and everything that goes into it, and they learn their um, their rights as tenants. You know their rights and responsibilities, and so these apartments are absolutely beautiful. Um, Windsor Development is who designed and built them. And they are all adaptable. So for those who have like handicap accessible and adaptable units, they have washers and dryers in the units, Um, which that sounds like something like, you know, yeah, it's your home. Of course, you've got a washer and dryer. Typically, that's not the case when you find apartments available in the community. So that's a huge thing. I don't have a washer and dryer. (laughs) And I do not live in supportive housing, so I am absolutely thrilled that the community is able to provide that for people, right? Because people require these things. We joke when we don't have them, and and sometimes we have to drive to the laundromat, or or we have to do it. But it's a serious burden when we don't have the resources to just say, well, I'll just go to the laundromat and do my laundry. Right. Absolutely. I mean, if you're talking about you don't have a vehicle, so then, you know, how do you coordinate that? And if you're waiting on somebody to take you, then you have to, it's a small thing, but it's a, it's a huge thing for our client. Let's talk with Trenar Nelson here with Executive Director Laura Davis of Helping Hands of Springfield. We have to start considering the functionalities, the functions that make up the larger functions of which we're always speaking about, right? Just the simple idea of laundry. Yes. If we don't have a machine, is composed of all different functions that we have to coordinate, as you mentioned, that love that word, together. We have to string all these together. And then if we consider that perhaps each necessary function requires more of these minor functions to complete, we might start to consider that people's lives can be pretty tiring if they don't have all of the amenities that we take for granted so often. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, if you think about it, um, if everything you own has to fit into a backpack or a bag and you have to carry it around all the time, how, how can you possibly maintain, you know, how, how can you think about starting to work towards any goals or even setting any goals if you don't have something as simple as a place to store your belongings? 
if you don't believe Executive Director Davis, you can look at the history books. When people settled down, instead of moving, they were able to develop the tenets of culture and civilization that we take for granted. Absolutely. And so I, you know, I get irritated, I guess, when I have people who are like, well, if they would just get a job then they could just get their own place. And so when you start to break that down, you start to say, okay, well, what does that look like? If you don't have a place to store everything that you own, how can you go out and get a job? And how can you show up every day if you don't have a place to shower, if you don't have just that foundation? So when people sneer at people on the street that are asking for a handout, think about it. There's a privilege that comes with that perspective that doesn't follow if you actually carry it through. It's important to remember. In the streets of Constantinople at one point, there were, uh, on the sides of the walkways and the roads, there were these little clay decorative tiles dug out, little bricks. They were a little carved out in the middle right? so that water could collect in them and so that the animals around the city could have something to drink. And we should start considering all of our lives through that type of lens, yes. that that maybe we should just create a better society for all of us. For everyone. And maybe that would actually make for a better society for everyone, right? It, it, seems, it seems like I just repeated myself, but consider making things better for everyone and they might become better for everyone. Yes. You know, some of the, the comments that I saw on social media after after um, it was announced that, that we had started opening this new project were surrounding, you know, well, I don't have those things and that they don't need anything as elaborate as what is provided in this location. And it got me thinking that, you know, maybe maybe we all need to start looking at what the standard of, of living is f- across the board. You know, it's not those individuals got this and I didn't, so those individuals shouldn't get it. Maybe it's as a, as a society, we need to start looking at it and saying, okay, <clears throat> what is that standard of living that we all deserve? And I don't think taking away opportunities for people who have nothing is the, I don't think that's the answer. Seems counterproductive. It does. Seems counterproductive. These Park Avenue supportive apartments, Mm -hmm. they are at this point, as you noted, acting as supportive housing for the chronically homeless. But we have to keep in mind functional zero as well, correct? And so in the theoretical Assisting and helping those chronically homeless will get them into a better circumstance. And those houses will then be used to ensure that in that functional zero circumstance, when an individual or family loses their housing, that there is a swift place for them to find uh, residence in. Absolutely. So the way that, that the system works right now is, you know, for a lot of people, if they lose their housing, there isn't something available right away. And when you're getting in line behind a lot of people who have been homeless for a long period of time, that doesn't leave you in a very, uh, you know, you're, you're at the end of the line. And so we're, we're really trying to take a multi-pronged approach with helping hands on how to get people into housing as quickly as possible. So we try to be as creative as we can. As people come in, you know, if, if they're in a position where they can get rapidly rehoused, you know, maybe um, they just need a really quick fix. We're, we're working on a program through the state um, called Shelter Diversion. So that would be people who are just at the brink of losing 
their housing. They've you know received an eviction notice. They have five days to move out. They're going to end up in shelter. There's an opportunity for us to try to, within two weeks, locate a place for them and just get them back on their feet. We've got opportunities for people who are working and just need a quick, like maybe a month or two of assistance. We can help them. We've Nick, as you know, is our um, Continuum's housing navigator. He is brilliant at finding apartments for people. And so we don't want to create a system where we've got, as they say, a mass shelter. Our goal is really to find whatever opportunities people have and move them as quickly as possible into those. And for those who need those ongoing supports, having the case managers available that can support them for whatever period of time that they need. You know, as a continuum, as a community, we're really working on streamlining that process. We don't want people getting stuck in homelessness. That's not the goal. Absolutely not the goal. Uh, And of course, the community appreciates the hard work in all of these nuanced areas that perhaps you don't think about as often as you might, as you might want to, I should say. Mm -hmm. Nick Dodson does do a fantastic job with that, as well as, of course, his work with the Sierra Club. We appreciate him in both capacities as well. The point that I wanted to draw from what you just noted, right, Mm -hmm. is that these diversion programs, Mm -hmm. fantastic innovations, right? These ideas meant to save people the trauma of having to go through this even at all. Mm -hmm. It requires a certain level of vulnerability and transparency from the community itself. Yes. It requires a certain trust in institutions to say, I am struggling right now. I need help. That doesn't make me any less of a person. It doesn't make me any less of a anything of a supporter of a provider of of a of a daughter of a husband wife whatever the case may be there's no difference and in fact as i've heard you say previously institutions like the helping hands and the continuums and all of these they exist for this reason correct they exist to help the thing that you're frightened of divulging is literally the thing that they exist to serve. Yes. And we we take a very trauma-informed approach to the services that we provide. You know, we know that um, becoming homeless is a trauma in and of itself. And so in our shelter, we work very hard to make sure that it is not a dehumanizing experience Um Our staff is amazing. They work harder than anybody I have ever seen. And so, you know, we really want to create an environment where people feel comfortable and they can they can have that trust with us to say, hey, these are the issues that I'm facing, because telling us those things is what helps us figure out which program would be best for you. And so I just want to make sure that I give a shout out to all of my staff and our directors who work tirelessly to create these environments and these programs that will assist people in the best possible way that they can. Talk of the town. This is Trent Nelson. Let's talk with Trent R. Nelson, here with Executive Director of the Springfield Helping Hands, Laura Davis, speaking about the origins of her passion for this topic, for individuals who need assistance, the origin of Helping Hands, about the new Park Avenue Apartments, supportive housing, 
But there's another innovation as well to talk about, is there not? That you guys are, are moving over to Dirksen. We are. So we are estimating the first week of January we'll be able to open our new shelter facility. This will allow us the opportunity to provide emergency shelter for adults that are experiencing homelessness, 141 beds. We will have a dormitory for women that is very trauma-sensitive, connection to trauma services to assist them with moving toward that stability in housing. We're excited. We'll finally be able to be under one roof again. Right now, we're kind of spread throughout the city in in different areas because we've grown so quickly, we've really outgrown our spaces. So, you know, Helping Hands typically had the, the shelter on Washington Street. And then in September, we took on operations of the Springfield Overflow Shelter. And so operating two different shelters concurrently is, you know, it's a strain. I can, I bet you can imagine. And so we'll be able to move all of these together and then um, all of our housing and support programs will go over there as well. I know Renetta. Yes. I know that she loves what she does more than perhaps any human in existence. Yes. But that's a lot. It is a lot. And, you know, she takes her passion with her in everything that she does. And so to have to split that passion in two different directions in, you know, really complex populations, it's a strain. So we're excited to all be moving back together under one roof. And what will the Washington Street building be? Will that still be an outreach building? No, that the county is actually purchasing that building, okay. um, I think, as part of the transportation hub. Oh, cool. Fantastic. See, you learn something new if you listen, <laughs> folks. Well, we are just tickled pink to hear that Helping Hands is not only making such a positive impact uh, as it has long before I got here, but that the community is recognizing the hard work that you guys do and that you're, you're moving on to bigger and better things, bigger and better ways to help the community. And again, with the estimated number of homeless individuals, 141 beds is a massive innovation, as is the Park Avenue supportive housing. These are two massive innovations for those who need it. And we thank you for caring about those who need executive director. Let's talk with Chenar Nelson here with Helping Hands of Springfield's executive director, Laura Davis. So happy to have you down this morning. What is the future of Helping Hands, what does it look like? Well, in an ideal world, we will reach our goal of functional zero homelessness by 2028. And so, you know, we're really focused on those services. What does this look like for housing stability long-term? While we know we're, emergency shelter will probably never go away. If we can expand the housing opportunities in Springfield and Sangamon County and help people move quickly, then that can be very short-term with the goal of moving people into permanent housing within 30 to 60 days. You heard it here first, folks. The future looks positive and it looks more communal and it looks as though we care more about one another. Yes. And uh, when we care about one another, we care for ourselves. Absolutely. Executive Director Davis, thank you for coming and joining us this morning. Thank you. Pleasure is all ours. Let's talk with Trent R. Nelson. Love your neighbors as you love yourself.